Do, do you all struggle with weeds in Australia? Well, they grow really well for me. There's no struggle at all. You know, this is, this is the number one challenge of organic gardeners. And so it's, it's something that needs, um, needs a lot of thought and effort, but unfortunately it, it often is overlooked. I want to start with a quote here that to me makes weeding a little more important. Sorry. He who tills the soil is to make his work an object lesson of the careful, thorough work which must be done in the culture of the soil of the heart. So the question is, what kind of object lesson is your garden? That's, that's setting a pretty high standard there. Um, but people should be, come to our garden and say, wow, I want my heart to look like this. You know, how do you do this? And, you know, the beauty of the garden is that if you have people coming to your garden and saying, how do you do this? Then you just have an open door to share the gospel with them, right? It's amazing. So, so weeding is not just about efficiency and about... Um, about making it easier to harvest or whatever, it's really going deeper. What does the you know? Um, there there is a philosophy among many organic farmers that a few weeds are okay. You know, what do you think God would say to that? If 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 weeds represent sin, um, how many weeds do we want in our garden? Okay, so we're going to have to speed through this, but I think I can give the main ideas, and then um, this afternoon, if we need to, in our last wrap-up, we can come back to it. So I, I've tried to put them in a little bit of order as far as what I think are maybe the easiest things to to accomplish. Transplant as much as you possibly can. To me, there's many, many good reasons for transplanting, but one of the biggest is for weed control. Um, and, and does that make sense to you? You plant a seed and you can't cultivate anytime too soon until the plants come up, and for carrots, depending on what time of year it is, that can be two weeks or more. And by then, the weeds can be way ahead of you. So, <coughs> by transplanting, you can cultivate the same, well, you shouldn't need to, but you could cultivate the same day. Gives you three or four week head start. Use tight plant spacings to shade out weeds. So this is a real key to, to the um, bed method. You want to do your spacing such that 
the the canopy covers the soil when when they're three quarters mature. And so basically, as soon as the soil shaded, the weed germination and growth goes way down. So there may still be weeds under there, but they're not going to, for the most part, there's always exceptions, but for the most part, they're not going to go wild on you. Does that make sense? And when it comes to spacing, um, all these guys in these books that I've shared with you will give recommendations for plant spacing. Um, I would point you to JM's book probably first off in the back you know what they'll do is they'll go through all the vegetables they grow one by one tell you plant spacings preferred cult preferred cultivars um, just give you their tips for growing these plants it's, it's really valuable information and they'll tell you, you know how many rows per bed and how much space between the rows and then you use your marking rate and um, do that. So tight plant spacing can really help with with weed control. Do, does anybody know what stale seed beds are? You familiar with that concept? This is this is the best thing to do. All it takes is a little planning ahead, which it seems like human nature is not very good at. All you have to do is pretend that you're going to plant your garden today, amend your soil, broad fork it, rake it, do everything, get it ready to plant, and then let it sit for two weeks. And um, water it as if you'd seeded it, and what's going to come up? All your weeds are going to germinate, and they're going to come up, and you have a number of choices then. You could, if you have a flame weeder, you could flame them. If you have a tarp, you can put down a tarp and kill them. If you have a stirrup hoe or a collinear hoe, you just very lightly work the surface. You're not, you don't want to bring up more weeds. But ideally, you do that twice at least. You know, water the 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 beds get the weeds to germinate cultivate it lightly maybe rake it again gently water it again let a second flush come up i i tell you if you do this one step you've probably eliminated i'm guessing 70 percent of your weed problem so eventually you have fewer coming up because you keep killing okay the question is do you do you have fewer coming up yes you if you stay on top of your weeds you will have less each year will you get rid of all weeds no because they blow in you track them in on your shoes you're never going to get rid of weeds totally but um, you will definitely the pressure will be going down. Yes. Would you cover your, your weeds uh, with say uh, hay or some material? Okay, we'll come to that. We're going to have to just keep going, otherwise we're not going to get through it all. So that's a simple thing to do. Like I say, all it takes is a little planning ahead. 
Use specialized cultivating hose. We've talked about this. Um, the collinear hose, the stirrup hose, the wheel hose. One more that, uh, this is not a very good picture, but this is one that Elliot Coleman just came up with recently. Glacier's supposed to be making this, but I, one of my prized possessions is a set of these that Elliot gave me. Um, basically, it's a metal coat hanger. <laughs> um, but what's neat is it's got a bolt, so you just screw on the head or screw it off, and, and it's, I've got three different sizes. And again, it only works with, with small weeds and loose soil. But that's how all your beds, how you want them. And, and you just, you're just scuffling the soil. Super easy. Works really well. Um, so hopefully that will be com uh, available commercially soon. He calls it, uh, well, his suggestion for the name is a pacifist hoe. <laughs> pacifist hoe. You're not killing weeds, you're just um, disturbing them. Um, Schedule time for cultivating. This is another simple thing, but, um, you know, it's so often overlooked. You just have a set day. You know, every week, Mondays, we're going to spend two hours cultivating. Now, obviously, that's somewhat weather dependent, so you may not, you may have to adjust it some. But the point is, put it in your schedule. If you wait for time to weed, it's never going to happen, right? And and you're going to regret it later on. A stitch in time saves nine. You've heard that. Um, it's no no better place to see that than in the garden. You can cultivate ten times faster than you can weed. Probably twenty times faster. So it's um, little attentions often repeated. You shall... Oh, hey, here's a picture of the tilter. That's the tilter I was talking about. Um, not sure where that is. But put a string marker on the house. Yellow. Where? This here? Yeah. Yeah, that may be. I don't remember where this was. Yeah, oftentimes again I told you it depends on whether you're O C D or not. Connor Crickmore always strings his rows. Um I like to string my rows um, to try to get. I'm borderline. Um, okay, OCD means obsessive compulsive. You know, you 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 have to have everything just so. Um, so the the point is shallow till or no till. A lot of these market gardeners are going to what's, what they call no-till. Now in the States, no-till conventionally is spraying everything with Roundup. Um, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just not 
you know, you broad fork the soil, but you don't turn it over. This would be considered shallow till. Now, why is that important with weeding? Well, it's because there's um, years of accumulated weed seeds in your soil, and every time you till, you're bringing them to the surface. So if you're just working the top inch or two of the soil, um, those weed seeds stay there, and eventually, hopefully, they'll die, right? Um, as long as they don't see the light of day. So don't keep, don't turn over the soil, don't keep tilling it deeply, because you're just adding to your weed problem. Does that make sense? Well, nature doesn't, there's no turning over soil up there. Yeah, that's, that's the point. Um, you know, we're trying to imitate, although I think there's limitations there, and I don't have time to go into it, because, you know, most organic farmers don't take into account the sin problem. Sin changed things. But, for the most part, um, yeah, we just have to keep going here. So use plastic mulch or fabric mulch. Now, this is kind of a, I don't like using plastic, but we do use it on some things. This is a picture of us planting our strawberries. We plant our strawberries in plastic because we've tried it in every, every other way, and this is the only way we can make money at it. Have you got a biodegradable plastic now in the state? We do have a biodegradable plastic. It's not crazy enough. It's not as approved for organic production. Um, it's, it's a little more flimsy. It's a little harder to work with. But the beauty is you don't have to pull it up and, and dispose of it. Um, so I suggest you follow the 60-day rule. That means... And of course, if you were here yesterday, you're trying to grow stuff that doesn't take more than 60 days. But those things that do, like tomatoes, anything that's going to be in the garden for over 60 days, use either plastic or fabric mulch. I think Rod said you call it weed mat here or something, a woven fabric that you can burn holes in. It'll last for many years. So that's the advantage of that. It has some disadvantages over plastic, too, as far as plant growth. But we won't get into that. So just keep that rule in mind. Anything in the garden long term, use some kind of mulch, and um, you'll save a lot of time weeding. So not just regular mulch? Okay, so, yeah, why not organic mulch? Well, here we go. Um, obviously, the advantages of organic mulch are that it's adding fertility to your garden long term, which is a wonderful thing. Um, and if you have your own source, it's free. So you can't beat that. But there are some definite disadvantages to organic mulch. Number one, it can keep the soil cooler, which in the spring is not a good thing. It may, be, it may be a positive thing in the summer, so, you know, it depends on the time of year. It also holds the moisture maybe too well. Um, you can get a lot of rot 
at the stems of your plants if you're not careful. Another thing is it tends to harbor slugs and other undesirables, whereas the, the plastic or the weed mat doesn't do that as much. So you have to weigh it all out. And if you don't have your own source of mulch, actually it's a lot more expensive if you're having to buy it to use organic mulch. So you have to weigh. Um, all our perennial plantings, our, our blueberries and stuff, we mulch with, with wood chips. It works wonderful. We love it. We still have to weed some, but over the years, as the wood chips accumulate and break down, you have less and less weeds. So we do use organic mulch on perennial plantings. We've also been experimenting with it with asparagus. Asparagus is a challenge to grow organically, um, a big challenge. Um, so, yeah, organic mulch is great, but just understand there are some definite negatives to it. Okay, try flame weeding. This is a picture of, of my son's pyro weeder. Um, it, the thing with flame weeding, most people think you're, you're burning the, the, the weeds to oblivion, but you're really not. All you have to do is raise the temperature of the, the water in the cells, and as you know, water expands under heat, and the cells burst and that's all you have to do. So it's very quick, um, it's very effective, it's really amazing to see a, you know, when you first go over a bed that's, that's weedy, um, it doesn't really look like you've killed them. They, they kind of wilt a little bit, but they're still there. Uh, but you come back in a few hours on a sunny day and they're obviously very dead. They're toast. I've used a small hand one and um, I've found that some weeds, especially those kind of like star-shaped ones, uh, will kill the leaves but eventually will sprout up. Yeah, there, again, this, this only works good on small weeds. Um, anything with a tap root, well obviously if they're small, the tap root hasn't really developed. But if you're trying to burn dandelions or something with a deep tap root, you'll have to do it multiple times. It doesn't work as well on grass. Um, you have to get it really small, and it might take more than one. It works best on your broadleaf weeds, um, but it, it can be very effective. Is it organic? Is it organic? Yes, it is approved for organic um, production. Okay, so that's flame weeding. Use silage tarps. Um, I will say that silage tarps have, have transformed our farm probably more than any other single thing. Now, do, do you all know what silage tarps are? I, you have dairies here in this country and they in fact, Rod Bailey was telling me he's got a neighbor, a dairy neighbor, that he's getting them from free now because he only uses them once and throws them away. 
So silage tarp is basically heavy-duty um, UV-treated plastic. Now, it normally is black on one side and white on the other. And people ask me, does it have to be black on white? And I have to say, I don't know. I'm not sure anybody's done experimenting on that. There are some advantages because you can use the white side for things. I'll just tell you quickly um, a couple things. We use the white side for between our tomatoes in the greenhouse, anything we grow in the summer, big things like tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, we have the white side up to, to keep the soil cooler and reflect light up on the plants. So that's a nice thing. Use your old silage, cut it up, silage tart, cut it up and use it between your rows of tomatoes or other greenhouse crops. The other thing I've heard of people doing with the white side up, I have a friend with a farm in Tennessee who this year seeded all his carrots, watered them well, and covered it with the silage tart white side up. And as soon as he just peek under it every day, as soon as he saw the carrots germinating, he pulled it off and he got tremendous uh, germination out of it because it kept the soil evenly moist and good temperature. So those are a couple ways to use the white side. Normally you use the black side up because that heats up the soil more. So we saw this first at JM's farm probably four years ago. And I was just blown away when, when he pulled back the cover and the ground was, was literally covered with worms this big, earthworms. It was amazing. Um, I couldn't believe it. And, and as I say here, um, it's the closest thing I've ever found to no work bed preparation. Um, what you can do if you have a flail mower, you know, if you have a cover crop or a previous crop, just mow that down close to the ground. Make sure the soil is wet. You want it good and moist. Cover it with the silage tarp. Put some sandbags around the edges to keep it from going anywhere and wait for a month. And when you pull that silage tarp back, you're going to have the softest, um, crumbliest soil you've ever seen. It's unbelievable. The worms, if you've got good um, <clears throat> soil biology, the worms and the microbes will get rid of all that dead plant matter. They'll pull it down into the soil. Um, it's amazing. Now, again, it's plastic, and I don't like that but it has transformed our farm you know because we do a lot in the spring we have we all our all our space is full in the spring but what happens you know we do our best to cultivate but as the beets get big you know as as the foliage gets big they're maturing at a time when all the grasses start to germinate so it's very hard to keep on top of that. So by the time we get the wheat, the beets out, there's a lot of weeds beginning to grow there. 
Well, in the past, we're spending our time and energy cultivating empty beds. That's not, you know, that's not lean. That's what um, the Japanese call muda, or waste. Um, you're wasting your time. You're not earning any money cultivating empty beds. So, as soon as we pull our beets out, we just cover it, let it sit through July and August, and come um, time to plant our fall crops, we pull that tarp off, and it's ready to plant. It's incredible. Now, there are some questions as to, you know, are the chemicals in the plastic hurting the soil? I've tried to do a little research on that, and there's not a lot that I've been able to find. Um, JM's point, and I tend to have to agree at this point, is, you know, if it's hurting the biology in the soil, I'm not seeing it because those worms are loving this. You know, it's a, it keeps the soil moist all the way to the surface, so the worms come all the way up. You know, rather than staying down and dark, which I don't. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's dark, so it's wonderful. the The weeds you create this climate where weeds germinate. You know, it's it's moist and dark and warm, perfect germination temperatures, but they can't grow because there's no light, so they just die. Um, so. You put the light side up. No, because it won't it won't warm the soil enough to really do it. Through. I I've experimented with that. I know enough to know that you don't want the white side up for that. We did the same thing with big rolls of cardboard, the polluted cardboard, and then put mulch on top. But I think this is the okay. Yeah, you can. I've heard people using old carpet. You know, there's a lot of different things you can use, but this. Now, I will say that the, the tarp, if you have any sort of size, you know, ours are 40 by 100, that's, that gets really heavy, trying to, the friction of the soil, you'll need two or three people to pull it around, especially when it gets water on it, but you'll figure out techniques for using it, but boy, it's amazing. Okay, use clear plastic for solarization. Now, I have to say, I've never actually done this personally, but um, I've seen pictures of farms that have done it, and it, the solarization, so basically, the, the way it works, you, you uh, till your soil, get rid of, of whatever weeds you have, rake it smooth, moisten it really good and well and then you cover it with clear plastic and then you want to bury the edges you want to make sure it's totally sealed off and you let it sit for um, a month in the heat of the summer and it basically cooks your soil about three or four inches deep and it will kill all your weed seeds, it will also kill a lot of disease organisms. Now, 
obviously the next question is, well, is it going to kill all your beneficial organisms? And from what I've been able to tell and from what people who've used it tell me is that the beneficial organisms, of course, many of them are down deeper than what it's going to kill them, and they will repopulate the soil very quickly. Um, so, again, I've never done it, but I've seen pictures of a farm that had tremendous... Do you have chickweed here? Yeah. Chickweed is the bane of winter growers, because it grows so fast, and it goes to seed so quickly that it will very quickly take over a winter greenhouse. Um, so I saw a farm that had chickweed problems, bad chickweed problems. They solarized it, and the next year they had pictures before and after. It was quite dramatic. So, so that's another possibility. And the last one, never let weeds go to seed. There's a saying in Elliot Coleman's book, he quotes, one year's seeding is seven years weeding. That should send shivers down your spine. <laughs> one year's seeding is seven years weeding. So the bottom line is do whatever it takes to keep those weeds from going to seed, whether that's getting out the mower or I've learned a new word here, whippersnipper. What do you call it? We call it a weed eater. Whippersnipper. Brush cutter weed eater in the jungle. Okay. Brush cutter or whippersnipper. Snapper or snipper? Brush cutter or whippersnipper. Snipper. Snipper. Whipper snipper. The official is mine for me. What is it? Line, line, yeah. Well, that's we we sometimes call it string trimmers, yeah. So, whatever it takes, you know, go out there and whack it down before the seed heads develop completely. Otherwise, you're going to regret it for the next seven years. And I had one more, but with our computer issues. I lost it. Um, I was going to give you a farmer's dozen. You know, you always want to give a little extra. Um, smother crops. Have you heard of smother crops? Cover crops. Um, you're familiar with cover crops. Sowing a crop that you're just going to plow in to improve soil. But some of those grow vigorously enough that they call them smother crops. Um, some examples that we use in the summer would be cowpeas or soybeans, um, buckwheat, very fast growing. Um, and the other one that we use sometimes is sorghum sedan grass. I don't know if you have that. Those all are so vigorous that they will outcompete the weeds and basically smother them and then you turn them in. Now, the whole turning in on a home garden scale is a challenge that we won't get into here because we're not talking about home gardens, but um, that's another option. In the winter, you can use uh, rye grain. It's very 
rye actually has some allelopathic effect, which means that it exudes <coughs> chemical compounds that inhibit weeds from growing. Um, rye or wheats or oats, we've used all of those. Um, combine it with a vetch or a clover and you can get a nice mat that will will um, outcompete the weeds. The cowpeas go like green, green manure. Yeah, green manure is, the, the terms are kind of interchangeable, but green manure is specifically one that's grown for improving the soil. Um, and you know, the point we need to emphasize, any legume, which of course cowpeas are a legume, are fixing nitrogen in your soil. So it's actually building nitrogen. Boy, I've seen that amazing with vetch. Um, just the other year, we grew a really good crop of vetch and then just mowed it down and, and didn't do anything with it, actually. And the weeds that grew up where the vetch was were three times as big and beautiful as the weeds right next to it. Um, anyway... So I suggest that you view these tips as tools in your tool chest. All may not be relevant to your situation, but the more strategies you use, the better the chances of keeping your weeds from showing. So, um, you know, don't just focus on one particular strategy. Combine them. Keep in mind that it is very short-sighted to allow other farming activities to take priority over cultivating. Connor Crickmore that I talked about yesterday, weeding is his pet thing. Um, he says, you know, that's the most important thing you have to do on your farm. If you can get the weeds under control, everything else becomes easier. Um, and, and I think I told you yesterday, you know, we went to his farm and you had to search to find the weed. It was amazing, really amazing. And the last one, a weed-free garden will be a much more enjoyable place to be. That's just the bottom line. If you've got a lot of weeds, it's discouraging and you don't like to be out there. But if you've got a garden that is pristine, <coughs> It's, you love to be there. You want to have a garden that you love to be in. Okay, I'm through and it's time to go on. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www dot audioverse dot org